0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Stadium Experience Podcast. That's right, like the rest of you, still isolated, still quarantined, right here in the ever-expanding, high-tech, platinum, Elmsley Home Studio, and also, just like last week, joined again on remote from wherever he is. I think he's in a different room of his house this time, though, so see if you can notice a difference in sound quality. Jordan Moments here with me, and how are you today, Jordan?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jake?
0: Good, good. We're We're another week into the quarantine, and how is... Any changes in your mental state from last week?
1: Um, you know, it's it's I I realized I saw a meme earlier that said, uh ever since quarantine started, uh I haven't gone to bed before two AM once. Mm-hmm. And I kinda agree with that sentiment.
0: Oh no, last night was I fell asleep at about 1.30. thirty. First time I've gone to bed before around four AM in about two weeks.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing how like if you if if the only distance you have to travel in a day is like to, like, your kitchen table or your desk, you'd be surprised how, like, little you care about sleeping.
0: Oh, no, it's incredible. Like, I just, I'm living in a different world, and I was thinking, Jordan, at the very least, maybe this this podcast, as long as we keep doing this every week, will be a nice little, you know, log for the explorers of the future of what I have to imagine is going to be a slow descent into madness. For if not Mm -hmm. both of us, at least one of us. Just to... Just statistically speaking, so once again, when they're digging this up and, you know, 100, 200 years, and they're exploring the archives, trying to get first-hand accounts of what the great isolation of 2020 to whenever was, was like, <laughs> you know, I think we might give them a good log of that. There'll be some some student who gets a real nice thesis out of this, uh, out of however many episodes of this we end up recording.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: So, but with that, we are going to move on to, we'll, we'll open up the show on a little bit more of a, we'll open the agenda on a bit more of a serious note. And just to open the show, we, I wanted to give my condolences to both the family of Traveris Jackson, the former Vikings and Seahawks quarterback. He last played in 2015. He passed away today, not from coronavirus, actually. He was involved in a single car crash. So he passed away today. He was last serving as an assistant coach at, Tennessee University, I believe, and also to the Carl Anthony Towns and his family. Carl Anthony Towns' mother, Jacqueline Cruz, passed away today from from complications of coronavirus. She had been in a coma since around uh, like March 23rd, I believe, was, it, was when he came out and said that. He was kind of one of the first athletes who came out and said, or maybe even the first, who spoke about a personal connection, a personal effect that coronavirus was having on him. So sad to see her go obviously it's kind of a reminder that things are moving kind of fast with this whole situation obviously because you know we're also still all inside but condolences to his family as well so yeah that's any any words on that jordan or is that done for the sad part of the show
1: um yeah just condol- Con condolences condolences to them both
0: nice okay good so we're going to move on into something that was not originally going to be on the agenda something that broke a couple of hours ago very recent news, Schefter report, the yada yada yada. I get to be on Twitter all the time, so I get breaking news every second that happens. Now it's great. I know everything even more than as it happens, even more than I used to. And that, of course, Jordan, this this is something that I that I had to chime in on. Uh, if I don't know if you know what it is, but something that I I had to touch on. Hmm. Something that something I've talked about before, and I, I just I want to give my take on the Carolina Panthers. Extending the contract to Christian McCaffrey, extending, giving him a four-year, sixty-four million dollar extension, the lo- the lo- the highest guaranteed money given to any running back in NFL history. And Jordan, I have to, as my as my longtime friend, companion, collaborator. How do you think I feel about this? What do you think my thoughts on this are?
1: Uh, I think you are incensed <laughs> right now, and you are you are about to uh, unleash a terrible 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 fury upon the Carolina Panthers
0: you see i'm not, i'm not going to do that cuz i okay. i don't know i don't have the energy to do that kind of thing anymore with this as my mood kind of continues to shift to being just kind of being in this malaise all the time about everything but we talked about this a lot after the david johnson trade we didn't talk about it on the show because well you know couldn't cover everything last week when we finally got the show up and running but did I not call you many times just to yell about, you know, the top ten running back salaries in the NFL and how almost every contract on that list besides Saquon Barkley, who's a on who's a rookie deal, and, you know, maybe Ezekiel Elliott, depending on how you feel about that, The fact is you feel running back's worth that in general, almost all of them very regrettable. One of those contracts actually removed from the list, yeah, that was Todd Gurley, who... What happened to Todd Gurley a few weeks ago, Jordan?
1: Uh he got traded for uh nope. pretty much.
0: Nope, didn't get traded, Jordan.
1: Oh, he got cut.
0: He got cut by the team that at one point made him the highest paid running back in the game. And almost and his situation's differently. I don't wanna I don't want to sound like I'm knocking Christian McCaffrey because I do love Christian McCaffrey as a player. I loved mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey coming out of college. Loved watching him when he was at Stanford. Thing is, if there's never been a player who I wanted to see in the Patriots offense more, even though like I I knew it was never going to happen. But just coming out of college, I, like there've been very few few players who I looked at and was like, wow, I would love to see him like play with the Patriots somehow. But it's never going to happen. I also kind of said that about Sony Michelle, and that has not worked out. But you know, whatever. <laughs> It's like I said, I'm always knocking running backs who I actually like, but, and he, he's a receiver at least, like at least you can make the argument that if any running back is worth it, maybe it's him, Jordan, because of how much he contributes in the receiving game, but at the same time, you can just get James White in the fourth round and pay him like, like a tenth of that amount of money, so nope, dumb, don't like it, don't like paying running backs, I'm out on it, Jordan, my stance hasn't changed on that. So, there are there are you out here who are really wondering if my running back stance has softened somehow. It has not. Don't pay <laughs> running backs. Don't draft them in the first round, frankly. Like they already made the mistake drafting him 8th overall because it almost traps you where you have to re-sign him. Because yeah, you, you don't want to get nothing out of a guy you picked 8th overall, but also don't pick a running back 8th overall. Like it's just it's just a bunch of Decisions I don't like being compounded. So. Why do they do this? It's dumb. Is the exact note I wrote in the rundown. That I sent to Jordan before the show. So. You know like they kind of trapped themselves in this. When they drafted him 8th overall. And he did turn out being good. But yeah. Do you feel any differently Jordan? Or have I finally convinced you of my complete and total. Lack of value for running backs.
1: Uh, no i mean you know running backs are useful i mean whether or not you want to pay 64 million dollars
0: oh absolutely like, i'm not saying over that he's like four years he's does. a great player he does a lot of great things he's exciting i love him i just don't pay him because like you can just you can get like most of that production out of like a sixth round pick you just can you just can it's just the fact that every year there are a bunch of nobody running backs who are plenty productive And then teams make the dumb decision of instead of going, oh, we were able to get production out of a nobody, that means we can just get another nobody and get production out of him. They instead go, oh, we got production out of this nobody. We should pay him like a top flight player. So then he can inevitably not live up to his contract. Because he's beat up. Because he's, you know, I think running backs are declining faster and faster just because the beating they take. Is getting more and more intense as just you know the players that are tackling them become stronger and more dangerous just due to you know sports science and just how cute how yoked guys can get these days while still being fast and hitting like trucks, like it's just I'm not like I'm not I don't want to do my whole running back spiel because I've done it before, but yeah that's that's the truncated version. You you can get them anywhere. And you shouldn't get attached, but teams get attached, or they pick them eighth overall, which like you know, locks you in. To now you should be attached because you know you want your top ten picks to get to a second contract. So that's just something I think is dumb, Jordan. So just let you all, just let the you know once again the people know in two hundred years I I have not cha- once I come on this show and I'm defending paying a running back, Jordan. That's when they can start to realize that. Maybe my mental state has started to decay a little bit. (laughs) Just maybe. Like, that's when then, you know, the grad student in 150 years at Roger Williams or whatever, who dug this up under my house, dug up my hard drive, could go, okay. I think he's starting to crack a little bit. This is around when I need to start, like, really, really honing in. This is where I gotta leave a footnote here. So...
1: I mean, it's unfortunate concerning the fact that there's there's a couple of positions that the uh, yeah, Carolina Panthers are in need of that they yeah. could have uh, distributed this well, sixty four million it's just, dollars it's around they, they,
0: they can't they can't let him walk, so they have to pay him. I, but having him in the first place is like where you run, or you or you just prude and you do let him walk. You're just ballsy like that. But then it's like, why don't you spend the eighth overall pick on a player that you'd want to resign? Like, why why'd you have to pick the running back? Like that. Whoops. So now he's the highest-paid running back in the NFL, and I'm sure he has another couple of good years left in him, and then he'll start to decline, like most of them do.
1: I mean, to be fair, uh the Carolina Panthers in 2017 were a much, much, much different team than what they were last season.
0: Oh, sure, absolutely. I just still just I would just never pick the running back eighth overall. I would just never yeah. do it, no matter my team.
1: Yeah, like, but I can I, I can understand rationale for it then. Yeah. Is this no. that the entire team fell apart between 2017 and 2019.
0: Yeah, No, I still don't. I still just don't believe in picking the running back. Anyway, we're not doing this. We're not doing the running back thing. Because I could do this for, like, a d- hours. What I do want to talk about is, Jordan, we find ourselves here again. About a year mm. later, once again, I'll call it mourning. Mourning the loss of a, of another attempt at spring football. Which, it seemed like this had happened Friday. But actually, the final nail was putting that coffin today when the XFL filed for bankruptcy. The XFL, of course, canceled its the remainder of its 2020 season, its inaugural season, five weeks in due to... You know, the same reason we're all inside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They canceled their inaugural season about five weeks in, and... They were sa- they said they were gonna come back a month ago when they did that. Then Friday they had a conference call where they basically laid everybody off. Mm-hmm. Except for a few business people. And then today they filed for bankruptcy. So the XFL's dead. It's up they might it might be for sale at some point, but the XFL's dead, Jordan. Like it's it's probably not coming back. And just like with the AAF a year ago, another Spring Football mm-hmm. League failed. Now mind you. This one's frustrating, Jordan. Yeah. Because the AAF folding was, you know, primarily, was the AAF's fault. I thought mm-hmm. it was fine, but they, they weren't making money. Pe- people weren't liking it. Also, you know, Tom Dundon, who also they ran out of money like two weeks in, and then had to get an investment from that guy, Thomas Tom Dundon, who also owns the Hurricanes, who then after he invested, he basically pulled the plug on it a few weeks in. You know, so a lot of people say that it was because he wanted the rights to their gambling technology. They were developing some kind of an app for, like, mobile gambling. They said he wanted, a lot of people said he wanted the rights to that. We talked about that at length when it happened. If you remember, you were still there then, Jordan. We talked about that.
1: hmm
0: And then the AAF disappeared before their first season was done. Yep. The XFL seemingly, I didn't watch I'm not going to sit here and say I was watching a lot of it. But the XFL seemingly was doing better. It was seemingly sound enough from a business perspective. Vince McMahon himself invested about five hundred million in it, from most accounts. So it was seemingly going fine, and was on course to be to eventually become profitable. But like a lot of startup businesses, regardless of the scale they're on, it can't you know survive going out of business five weeks into its launch. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe Vince McMahon could throw a bunch more money behind us to keep it afloat. Maybe he can't, but clearly he doesn't want to and probably wouldn't be a smart idea to now have a billion dollars invested in the startup of the AAF. I mean, excuse me, of the XFL. So now the XFL is dead, Jordan. And I wrote about this. I wrote an article about this last night because I got, I want to do it. And it really is mind-blowing to me how spring football just cannot work. Like, refuses to work. Because I don't want to say it cannot work. Because I feel like it's such an obvious, easy thing to have work, but it refuses to, Jordan. And I, I mean, do you feel any differently? Do you think it's a viable idea?
1: I still do. I mean, the XFO was going fine until the outbreak of global plague. Exactly. I mean, that's just that's just unfortunate. Like that's you you got to take that when you take that. The AAF was just poorly managed, but like, I, I believe like you can do it again provided that, oh, well, there's, that that global health is sound and that you you know sit around for a year and collect money and not go into debt the second week of the season
0: well I mean I mean, somebody's going to try it again like maybe somebody buys the XFL as, they, I, as they should I, I, you, you'd say that but it also at the same time it sounds like a crazy business idea because everybody who does it falls on their face but it just seems so simple people get excited about it People love football. People want something to watch that's not baseball. Like, basketball should be over when they're starting. For the most part. Or, well, it shouldn't be over. But the playoffs, at least in the horizon, I I don't... I don't get why it's not doable. I just don't get why it keeps not... Like, every... Like, every iteration of it is either the USFL that went out of business because Donald Trump decided to sue the NFL... For mm-hmm. antitrust, and then tried to move the whole season because he became an owner, and they all followed him for some reason. Who would follow him? But people followed him into trying to have a fall season. So that was that. There was the NFL Europe, which was just the NFL just kind of decided not to do it anymore. Which I found out why. Why the main reason, and this is kind of this, this kind of struck me that apparently one of the main reasons that the owners just voted not to do NFL Europe anymore was that yeah. apparently. It was costing each owner about five hundred thousand a year to keep it afloat because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't fully turning a profit. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a lot of money, but fi- also five hundred thousand dollars doesn't even give you like a vet minimum contract in today's NFL.
1: That is very true.
0: So, it, oh, so it, like it, it, it sounds more like the NFL just like has no interest. Like if the NFL isn't willing to pay that. If the owners aren't willing to pay that, they clearly have no, no interest in any kind of developmental league. Yeah. If they, only, if they if they don't want it, if it's not profiting. So, which, you know, reminds me that, that like that's never going to happen. Unless some other startup league approaches them and says, we'll be the development league. But who knows, who knows if that ever happens? Maybe that's the only way a spring football league can exist. But, yeah. I
1: was like, it's like an NFL D league.
0: Not even that, like the, like not even that, like another league starts up and they they establish themselves as a thing, they have their own infrastructure, then they approach the NFL and just, you know, offer to become some, do some kind of partnership, some kind of endorsement, I don't know, where we still do our thing, but, you know, there's some agreement that we send players up to you and like we're developing them for you, but also I guess I don't really see how that would work because they can basically sign any of those other leagues' players at any time, basically, if they want to. I actually don't really know how that would benefit the NFL, but you work out some. Cat- but see, maybe then I can't even think of why the NFL would be interested in it. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. Maybe spring football is harder to make work than I think. But I, I like. I don't get why it doesn't work. Like I don't get why it's so, so challenging for people to make work. But it's not working. The XFL is dead. Like, ju- ju- like we were. Like Jordan, we were right here having these same conversations a year ago, and now here we are yet again. Another yeah, but league. This
1: t- but this, this but this time we don't get a road to the express.
0: No, we don't. No no express to the express, Jordan. Mm-hmm. No, we did we didn't make the mistake of getting overly invested in an XFL team. At least we did that.
1: Yeah, long live Memphis Express
0: <laughs> at least we didn't sit down and like plan out an elaborate trip and broadcasting setup to go to an xFL game <laughs> at least we learned
1: I'm still I'm still like astonished on how expensive those train tickets were
0: <laughs> I'm still astonished that 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 game wouldn't have happened if we had tried to go to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm still astonished by the fact that the whole league had folded by the time we would have been there yep. And how much of a bullet we dodged not investing in that. And also how close we were to investing in going to a Memphis Express game.
1: Oh, we were we were very close.
0: We had we had the tickets in the in the shopping cart. Yes. We we did have the tickets in the cart.
1: We we, we were on amtrak.com and we had we had the tickets in the cart.
0: <laughs> we had we, we had the t- Sorry me Maybe at the very least, like every spring football league that comes and fails from now on, we can try to use it as some kind of you know indicator, some kind of marker for points in our personal growth. Maybe is that what spring football does?
1: It 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 might it might it might serve purely as a a way to uh, see how we are progressing throughout life.
0: Yes, progressing as people. But so that's it. The XFL is dead. I kind of want to talk about their rule changes, but I don't really want to anymore. I, I think that people pe- people have done that. Pe- people yeah. have been doing that. I, I, I'll, I'll go down. I I, I kind of like the, the one, two, three-point conversion thing. I don't know how you feel about that. I kind of like it. I thought that was a fun idea. Just see weird scores that you don't see, I guess. I don't care about the kickoff rules. I don't like their not being a coach's challenge. I, I hate their overtime rule. Like I hate any version of football overtime that isn't just play football normally. I don't know how you feel about that, Jordan. But I I hate I hate like college overtime. I hate it.
1: Oh, I I love college overtime. see,
0: I, do, I I feel like I'm the only person who sits here and is like, I love the way the NFL does overtime. Like I I mean,
1: just, I mean the way they do it is fine. It's just college is more exciting
0: because people hate it. People really hate it. People think that both teams should get a chance. People think that you know, you shouldn't. You know, if you if you go down and score a touchdown on the first drive, that team shouldn't win. People don't think that think that it should just always go back and forth until forever. People don't. People just want it to be just this is a shootout from the 15. I don't get it. Like I don't get it. Like I'd rather I don't want. Like I hate. Okay, I hate any kind of overtime that isn't just like the normal version of the sport. Like I hate any kind of shootout. I hate it. I think I'm alone in that too, but I hate shootouts. I'd rather just keep playing the normal version of the sport until somebody wins and have that be overtime, Not some bastardized, simplified version of the game that's you know not what you spend all your time training and practicing for. I just hate it. Mm-hmm. I just hate, And that's why I don't like the XFL's overtime, which was some variation of everybody starts from the 15-yard line. And I, and I read that and I was like, no, I hate it. I don't even want to read the rest of it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want it. But people are always clamoring to change the NFL's overtime, and I don't get it. Like, people... Pet peeve of mine is people mm-hmm. who say, just do college overtime. Like, that is the easiest, like, most big-brain, obvious thing in the world to do. And I hate... That's a pet peeve of mine. Because the people who say that think that that is so smart and that they are so much better than other people, I feel. And that that's the simplest... I just hate it. I hate college overtime. And I'll never... I'm just scratching a bunch of my normal itches today, it seems like, Jordan.
1: No, college, college overtime is great. I think it's especially stupid. If you get to, especially if you get to see
0: it in person. It's stupid. It, it's not It's not real football. It, you, You're not playing yeah, the game the way it's intended to be played. So you prove yeah, that you yeah, can beat the other team when you start from the 25-yard line. Like, that's not the game. There's so many more elements. There's kicking, there's field position. You're eliminating all of that from the game. You're eliminating, like, 70% of the strategy. That, but, Jake, that,
1: it doesn't matter because it's exciting.
0: But it's not that exciting. What's more exciting than a team has to go the full length of the field to do an actual drive to get a touchdown to win? That is, like, the essence of the sport. That is, like, the essence of the sport and what makes it exciting. And you're taking away most of that and just starting them from the 25. You're cheapening it.
1: Not, not particularly.
0: You are. You're cheapening the whole thing. It's like, oh, your team sucks at, you know, Defense, your your team is bad at defense, bad at special teams, but ah, it doesn't matter. Like now, that doesn't matter all of a sudden. Like we've boiled the game down to these really basic elements, and I I mean don't...
1: I mean obviously it doesn't doesn't matter because like if it mattered they would have lost. Well, there wouldn't be an overtime. For yeah, that. I
0: mean you're right, but that's why but that's why at the same time when people said like I loved how the like I I believe they changed it, but I loved how the NFL's overtime is was just you get a touchdown and you win. I'm like yeah, and people hated that. I like remember two years ago after the NFC and the AFC Championship game, how mad people were when the Patriots beat the Chiefs because of that? Well, not because of that, because the Chiefs couldn't play defense on a drive, but people were complaining about that. See, I love that. I love the idea that if your team can't play defense for one drive, you don't win. Like, you just lose flat out. Like, I enjoy that. I think you need to punish teams for not being well-rounded. And that's why I liked the current overtime rules, because it can punish teams... For not being well-rounded, college overtime just—you know—you can have one-third of a team and you're fine, and I just hate it. So I don't like it. So that's—it's just touch football at that point. Like, it's just like, oh, you have six downs to get into the end zone. Like, it's just dumb. Like, you—you you might as well just get like six of your friends together and argue over two-hand touch or tackle. Like, it's just, eh. I don't like it. It's childish. I'm,
1: not a fan. I, mean, I like them both. Like, I'm—I'm I'm not like. I don't have this burning hatred of college overtime oh, like I do. you do.
0: I do, I do. I think so. college
1: overtime. I think the college overtime rules is very much in the spirit of college football.
0: Yeah, I don't think It's complete so. and
1: utter nonsense all around.
0: Hey, see, that's fair. See if that if that's how you feel about it, fine. That that's different. But I just ah, it's not it ah, hate it. Don't like it. Don't want it in the NFL. Please stop. Like they had it perfect, and now they're starting to change it again because people get annoyed when their teams lose because they can't do everything. So. Ah, don't love it. But anyway, we're moving on from that. We're gonna move. We're gonna transition away from the NFL for a little bit, Jordan, and we're gonna talk about something that was brought up to me. Something that was brought up to me by a listener, my cousin, but still a listener who on who brought up how. You know what the one sport is, Jordan? That's still going. Pr- that's still somehow figured out a way to be going relatively strong. What? That would be NASCAR. So, you know what I found out that they've been doing in NASCAR, Jordan?
1: What have they been doing in NASCAR?
0: They've been doing iRacing.
1: What does that necessarily mean?
0: So, I guess that they made this partnership with with this company called iRacing and Fox Sports is involved. And basically, they've been televising these races that are... Like, they're done in this iRacing, which is just this really intense NASCAR car racing simulator. And they have, no, I'm kidding, seriously, though. And they have a lot of the real racers involved in it. And they're at their house, and they're just at their houses, like, with these, like, souped up car simulator rigs. It's so, like they have a wheel, they have pedals, they have, you know, shifters, they have the whole thing just, like, in their house. And they're racing each other in these virtual races. And like they have a headset, they're talking to their crew. And they've just been doing this and televising this for weeks. And it's a real thing, Jordan. And they have and the sponsors are involved. It's a whole thing. And what was point there are two stories that have come out of it. One today and one last week. So I'll do the older one first. Because I'm probably the last person in the world to talk about this. But last week, one of the racers. Bubba Wallace apparently got very upset in the middle of his race, so here's the audio from that. Come on, Clint! God! He's still down there. Still there. Yep, he just came up and wrecked the hell out of you again on purpose. Y'all have a good one.
1: That's it. That's why I don't take this shit serious. Sorry,
0: Tyler. Just trying to talk to you there. Peace out. So that was, once again, the gentleman known as Bubba Wallace, who, were you able to hear that, Jordan?
1: I heard none of that.
0: Okay, well, there was a gentleman, Bubba Wallace, who who during the race, got his, his car got wrecked, he got hit, he, he got mad, I don't know if he had to actually, you know, he respawned at the pit crew, and he just went, nope, I'm done with this, I'm not taking this seriously and then he quit. And it even shows him in the race, like, hitting the quit simulator, and he got up and left. (laughs) And apparently, but Jordan, but this is a real thing, so he got Mm -hmm. dropped by a sponsor for this. Wow. Like, he legitimately got, because, like, that's, like, it's apparently like, it's a serious enough thing that people, yeah, people are getting, like, their sponsors are involved and they're dropping them for, you know, infractions so and then there was another story today and this one this one's less fun but a racer a racer by the name of kyle larson was suspended today for making you know a racial remark uttering a slur and then you know and i'm reading from the story in espn and you know he you know the normal the normal run of things that happens when somebody uses a slur and people find out about it you know you know, NASCAR is saying, like, we take this very seriously, we don't tolerate this. Their big statement, you know, iRacing is coming out and saying we take this very seriously, we don't, you know, we don't condone this. Then, you know, he got dropped by some sponsors. This guy, Kyle Larson, himself, came out and said, I'm very sorry, I didn't mean this, you know. The the normal stuff, right, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear what happened? What happened? So he was getting ready for a race Sunday night. He -hmm. was just there. He was in, you know, setting up his rig, I guess. And then according to the ESPN article, when he appeared to lose communication with his spotter on his headset, because they wear headsets during this, Jordan.
1: Okay. His spotter for his fake race in the virtual world.
0: Yes. During a check of his microphone, Larson said, you can't hear me. And then this is how it's worded in the in the ESPN article, Jordan. Mm-hmm. That was followed by the N word. Okay. So he just just thought that nobody was listening, or thought that nobody could hear him, and like immediately just started yelling slurs. It sounds just for, for seemingly no reason other than like he's like oh nobody's listening I assume he talks like this oh nobody's listening and then just started just just said the n word <laughs> and I guess people were listening so I don't I guess it's like he wasn't even like saying it like in regards to anybody or in regards to anything he just he just said it it's 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 weird, isn't it?
1: Um, it's, not really. It's
0: straight. Okay, fair enough. But it's it
1: just
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's why.
1: I don't know, it's, hey, man.
0: It's just weird. It's just an odd way to go about that. Like you're home alone all day. Like you're home alone, like all day. Nobody's listening to you. You can do it and say whatever you want. Not I'm condoning it, but then. But then the moment that you think, maybe, you know, the national audience that you're, that you're supposed to be broadcasting to might not hear you, you just immediately yell, like, one of the most heinous racial slurs you can think of. Yep. Like, you don't... You can't just do that, you know, after the race, when you're alone in your house, you know, when you're in the shower, you just... just it, it, it's, it's like a child just trying to get a reaction for nothing. It's just bizarre. I don't get it. Like, it just... Yeah, it's weird. It's stra- it's- it's it's just- it's an odd move, Jordan. I I can't lie to you. Like... Even, like, some of the things I say when we're making sound checks, I'm, like, kinda, like, worried about. Like, these things that I record that I immediately delete that are never gonna see that see the light of day, I'm still like, oh, man, like, is this such a smart idea? Should I be doing this? Like when we're getting ready for the show. And then this guy's like, ah. Can anybody hear me? I'm going to say the N word. Then just said it. Just strikes me as odd. I don't know about you, Jordan. But beyond that, NASCAR has kind of got, besides some kinks obviously, NASCAR has got it figured out. I didn't think NASCAR would be the first sport to immediately be like, ah, let's find video games. I think they would be resistant to it, but no. No, they just they they got all they got the racers in their houses with their and it's, it's funny to watch the streams cuz they have webcams on them. And they're legitimately just like sitting in their office with these like just souped up car simulators. It's it's something to behold, Jordan. I got to tell you. So, NASCAR is a sport that's embraced the transition to the digital world.
1: I mean NBC sports has too because I saw them a couple of weeks ago and they were uh showing uh they were playing NHL twenty nineteen, I believe. They oh, were really? still showing Yeah, they were just showing games of that on like NBC Sports.
0: League. I mean it, now now's the time to, like if there's a time for esports if there's a time for esports and online college to take hold now now's the time.
1: Yeah, esports are now they're officially real sports. I'm sorry people.
0: Like, they, we, we have to accept it because it's all we're going to get. And it's all we might get for a little while, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Because according to this, just it, this isn't necessarily true. I don't want to put people in talking about this. A gentleman, a biotechist, and leader for the Center of American Progress, this guy Zeke Emanuel, he was just part of, like, a five-man discussion with the New York Times. And he mentioned that, I'm not giving you all the specifics, but the long and short of it is that the important part of the discussion is that he believes that it's unlikely that, you know, major gatherings of people like sports or concerts will be able to resume. He doesn't believe they'll be able to resume until not fall, but until the fall of 2021, Jordan. Mm-hmm. So that would mean about a year and a half from now is when he thinks stuff will get back to normal and... I don't like that.
1: Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a good prognosis.
0: No, that is that's a bad pro. And, I, and like I said, I don't know for sure. I I didn't I, did, I didn't do too much research on that. I, I mean, I I'm not saying it's. I believe it could genuinely be true, but like that's a guy's opinion. But to talk about it, like, we're already wondering how the world's gonna like come out of this, thinking that it's gonna end in a couple of months. Like, what what would the sports landscape even be like if things can't resume normally until fall 2021, Jordan? Like, what? Like, yeah, you gotta pay Christian McCaffrey sixteen million dollars for a season that doesn't happen.
1: I mean, I mean, to be fair, it could still happen, but like, not be attended.
0: Well, you see that's the problem, though. It's the amount. It's why I still kind of don't believe that they're gonna be able to get any of these sports to like happen, even in in unpopulated capacity, like we talked about last week with the NBA. Just because there's still so many people involved in, like, making a professional sport happen. Yeah. Down to, like, game day staff, coaches, all that, players, like, a 53-man NFL team. That the issue with trying in some, like, isolated quarantine capacity is that if one person involved gets it, it's just done immediately. Like, you have to go back to square one. If one person involved tests positive, like, you have to just go back to square one. So So, so it's such a tenuous thing to even try and do. Which is why I'm, which is part of why I'm a little pessimistic. Like things are gonna start up as quickly as people think. So, but God, fall 2021, we even remember what sports are, Jordan.
1: Uh, I probably would would have forgotten. I mean, that would that. be
0: what eighty something more weeks of this show we'd have to do with no sports.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean that'd be impossible, Jake.
0: I we'll make it possible. Like we'll make it happen. Like we're committed to it. But <laughs> like what like. Like what will we be talking about by like week sixty with no sports? Like, um, like, will we just have to have like a nice like game of catch and talk about that?
1: I mean, that's that's when we get into like the best like the top ten cricket bo- cricket bowlers of all time or something.
0: Are we doing like like twenty twenty one mock drafts and the twenty twenty draft class hasn't even played yet?
1: Oh, uh, probably.
0: <laughs> like, hey, the drafts coming up again—the one sports thing of the year. That'll be exciting. I can't tell you what any of these teams needs are because I haven't seen them in 16 months. But here we are, it's April of 2021. Me and Jordan have not had face-to-face contact in over a year and a half. And it's, um, it's not great. We're out of content. We've no- or we've now transitioned fully to covering YouTube drama. We for some reason become an internet drama show, just because that's at least kind of a sport.
1: <laughs> that, that that's not a sport.
0: It might be a sport.
1: Like I would rather us cover like I don't know like like professional like I don't know like League of Legends or like Overwatch or something.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, we probably would be. Like you say uh, that I, ironically, I, I, but like that's definitely like what the next step is.
1: Like I'd rather uh, like literally shout cast like like a game of like professional league. Like Jordan, it's, Jordan, like, you realize what already. we just
0: what we did earlier in the show today, right? Yes. We talked about NASCAR.
1: Yes. We, we did. had a
0: NASCAR segment, Jordan. When has this yes, show that, like, ever had a NASCAR segment?
1: It has never had a NASCAR segment.
0: <laughs> like we're already there. <laughs> like where are we gonna be in a couple weeks? Like after the draft happens, I can't even mind that anymore. By the way, tune into the Mock Draft Spectacular filming this Thursday, but (laughs) Like, this is just going to keep getting tougher and tougher, Jordan. Because it's it's, Like I keep saying, it's not the amount of time that I spend in isolation that's making it tough for me. It's like seeing the goalposts keep moving and staring down how long this is going to be. That's what's getting me. The the uncertainty of it. Like if you told me I had to do this for a month, Jordan, I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. That's tough. But like there there's there's something to it. There's a date. There's an end date. You mm-hmm. can think about that. We don't even have an end date right now, Jordan. We don't have that.
1: Nope.
0: Like it's just. And then when we all get it left let outside again and an event and it inevitably comes back, we gotta do this all over again. I don't know, man. I'm not. I don't know. They they don't bring back sports by 2020, by fall 2021. We're gonna start getting real creative here.
1: I mean, to be fair, a rumor has it that a couple of pharmaceutical companies, along with the uh, CDC and the FDA, the NIH, they're uh, about to begin some clinical RNA type vaccine. Well, some clinical trial for it soon, but. We're still at least two months away from that.
0: Hmm. Oh, good. Two months. What's well, like, it's this it's just, it just sucks. I'm not saying like, I need a concrete date because if there isn't a concrete great date, I'd rather not be given one at this point. Like, I'd rather not be given like an optimistic guess. I don't know about you. I'd rather just be completely left in the dark if I can't be given a sure answer. D- do you feel differently about that?
1: I mean, I feel differently because
0: see, I don't want to be I, told. I, I don't want to be told this will be over in a month and then find out that it's not. Because that's way more crushing than just not knowing.
1: See, Cedric, see, my, my training in graduate school has uh, equipped me with the skill sets to understand the uh, epidemiology models that they produce. So, like, I can actually understand it what they're saying. And it's like, oh, okay, OK, well,
0: you're an evolved human. Well, good, then you're yeah. going to become more and more of an asset to the show then, Jordan, when we're inevitably <laughs> just covering, like, coronavirus <laughs> updates. Until this show eventually just becomes a beacon of me trying to send it out, ask people to come to my address with necessary supplies. Yep. Until every week it's just, here's my address, somebody please... If you're out there and you want to help me or take me out of this world, please come. <laughs> when we inevitably become those... Be- would we eventually achieve my real lifelong dream of becoming the, you know, the guys running the radio towers in Fallout 4? hmm Like, that's that's who I hope I am in the apocalypse. Hope I'm just kind of still broadcasting in some capacity. Like, I'm okay with that. I don't know about you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's who I hope I am in the apocalypse. But who do you want to be in the apocalypse, Jordan?
1: Um... Uh hmm
0: Cause see, I used to think I wanted to be like, ooh, like cool, like wandering bandit. But then it's like I get in a couple of tussles, like my joints get screwed up. Like I'm not built for that.
1: I mean, I I guess it'll be like okay to like be like a ghoul from like Fallout. Why? Because well, just... <laughs> they're like they're they're immortal.
0: Oh, well, you're giving up? Okay, you're just infecting yourself.
1: I mean. It's either that or you just die. I mean, there's some like weird sweet spot where like the irradiation doesn't kill you, but like makes you all melty, but like gives you the ability to live forever.
0: And also, I think it also ravages your mind and renders you an inhuman monster.
1: Sometimes.
0: So you don't you don't want to just be. <laughs> so you don't just want you don't want to come just run the radio station with me.
1: I mean, or 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 like alternatively, you can be like Mister House and like Fallout New Vegas. And, like put yourself in like cryogenic stasis, kind of, and like survive the nuclear fallout, and then run to the Las Vegas Strip until like the uh till a uh, carrier courier nine comes and like kills you with the tire iron. Tire iron.
0: I never played New Vegas. I think I think I went too deep into a bag of yours.
1: Yeah, I have much more Fallout experience than you do.
0: Okay, cool, cool. So we go deep into a bag of mine. Okay. <laughs> which is the NFL draft. I feel like you were afraid for a second it was going to be Sonic.
1: I I, I was definitely afraid for, for a second.
0: <laughs> no, we will not do Sonic takes. I want to talk about the NFL draft a little bit, because that's obviously a week from Thursday. Thank God. Counting down to days. That's a week from Thursday. Also, once again, this Thursday, we will be recording the third ever mock draft spectacular, Jordan. Mm-hmm. We have an eight-man panel ready to go. It might get chaotic. It will get chaotic. I hope it works. I'm optimistic, but not certain it's going to work. But it'll happen in some capacity, even if it just becomes me and you trading with each other. But, that'll come up. But something something I wanted to hit on, because the thought I've been having, kind of a, a something I thought I might make for uh, something of a discussion. Mm-hmm. Looking at this draft, looking at all the drafts, I did some... No, the stats department came out, ran some numbers, just on like what spots in the NFL draft in the first round have been the most successful, like where the best players have came from, just for fun. Just see if there's anything to glean from. Just see if there's anything to glean from it. And before I really get into that, I just want to talk about the the success of number one overall picks, at least in this century. Like we'll condense the conversation to from 2000 onward, just the... A conversation about the success level, which I admit is vague, just players who had the best career, however you define that, once again kind of vague, but just basically just begging the question of have there been any number one any number one overall picks this century who turned out to be the best player in their draft class? And Jordan, I'll I'll pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. Are there any number one overall draft picks that you can think of that were pretty, you know, solidly the best player in their draft class? Um... This century. Yeah. Um... Because if you want to talk Mike, about this Mike, Michael what? Vick, Michael see, Vick maybe? I want to talk about Vick cuz Vick's kind of an interesting one. Cuz there were other cuz there are other players in that, you know, in that draft class who had great careers. Vick talking about Vick is weird for the same reason that talking about anything with Michael Vick is weird in the sense that hey, like he was really great when he was playing, but then he went to jail. Yeah. In his prime, so like, how do you evaluate him? Like, do you just evaluate Michael Vick for the great seasons he had, and then just kind of pretend that he had you know five, six more of those? Like,
1: I, I, I think that's fair. Like, he is like, He wasn't.
0: <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: Like, he wasn't like anywhere near declining. If anything, he's he was on a he was on no, an upswing.
0: But it's it's like one of those things where like he didn't play long enough. So it's just how do you? How do you evaluate Michael Vick? So Michael Vick is kind of a weird one. Also, you know, then also in that class you have like Ladanian Tomlinson.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. 2001 is a very interesting draft, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, which like, probably, you know, it's Michael Vick was honestly the one who I'm like, I, I want to put an asterisk on that one because he actually might have, he could have been if he had kept going because then he probably would be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And it's hard yeah. to beat that in the NFL in any capacity, but it's like, then he went to jail for stuff that I don't really just want to like give him a pass on. So uh, that's just kind of always a hard thing with, with Michael Vick. Michael Vick is just hard to, ev- like it's like same thing. Like is Michael Vick, a hall of famer. Like, where do you rate Mike- I mean, probably not, but like, but then like, where do you rate Michael Vick all time for quarterbacks? Michael Vick is just hard to talk about in general. Yeah. Cause like you have to either, it's like a matter of like, do you, How much do you forgive him for the sample size? Like, do you just accept that the sample size is small and just not hold that against him? So that's a tough one. But, like, I brought up the century, and it's interesting to bring up the century, because, like, in 98, you have Peyton Manning. Yeah. Who, obviously, I don't need to look at the rest of that draft class. Like, like, there are a few NFL players who, you know, better all-time than Peyton Manning. Just in terms of being, like, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. And I'm not a big Peyton Manning guy. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not. But still, like, I don't even need to look. And then after that, though, you look at the history of number one overall picks, and it's... It's even spottier than you'd think, Jordan. I mean, can I just read you the list of all-time well, I'm, I'm number look, one picks in the 2000s? I'm looking, I'm
1: looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, let me... I'll read it. You have yeah. Courtney Brown. Eh, didn't do much. Michael Vick. We talked about it. David Carr. Ah,
1: Carson, we, we got some, we got some takes for him.
0: Yeah, like Carson Palmer. No, yeah, eh, like is eh. Eli Manning's well, not even the well, best. Well, court. well,
1: well who, who, was in the 2003 draft class though?
0: I mean, it's like, it's like how great of a career did Carson Palmer have? Like, and I was looking at all these earlier, but that's like you know you have Carson Palmer. Then after him, like you have like Troy, yeah, Troy Polamalu was in that draft class. Like, you have guys who are Hall of Famers. Like you yeah. have a lot of comparable people, and then you have you know Hope. Carson, Carson Larry, Palmer Larry, who didn't what
1: Larry Johnson, yeah, like Troy Polamalu,
0: yeah, like you have Carson Palmer who like never really did much with the Bengals. Like he had
1: <laughs> kind Darrell of a
0: slug yeah, slugs. Like yet like he, he had a come on, but he, like car, like I to sit here and be like, oh yeah, Carson Palmer, like that was the guy in that draft class. Like you look back at the 0-3 draft class, you're like car, you can't miss guy Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Then after that you have Eli Manning who might not even be the best quarterback in that draft class
1: oh 2004 probably not
0: no like Roethlisberger probably had a better career than him then Alex Smith definitely not the best quarterback in that draft class like Mario yeah. Williams pretty good player Jamarcus Russell yeah
1: But bus bus biggest bus in yeah. NFL history. no
0: exactly like Jake Long who was fine
1: that's that's pretty good though
0: he was fine not, no you don't Trying to pick number one overall to get fine though. Matthew, yeah, S- right. Matt like Stafford again. Ah, Sam Bradford bust. Cam Newton.
1: Well, well, I think Matthew Stafford is the biggest fraud. Yeah, fine. Like I, I'm not
0: gonna sit here and defend Matthew Stafford. Like fine. Like Sam Bradford bust. Cam Newton's a mixed bag. Like Cam Newton's yeah. a mixed bag. Andrew Luck looked like
1: life cuts short.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like. <laughs>
1: Executed.
0: Eric Fisher is average at best. Jadavian Clowney isn't even the best player at his own position in the top ten, let alone the best D lineman in that draft. Twenty fourteen draft is sick. Uh, like Jameis Winston, Jared Goff. Ah, eh. then I mean you have Miles Garrett, who's legitimately a really good player, but still probably not the best player in that draft class. Well, definitely is it because you know Patrick Mahomes was in that draft class. Then mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, who juries out. So it's just like when it's e- I mean, like, I, obviously, I feel much
1: better about Kyler than I do about Baker.
0: Ah, I mean, I like Baker a lot coming out of the draft. We don't need to get into that. Like, yeah, we don't, but it's like, you get wrapped up in the number one overall pick as you should, but it's just, it, it really was just surprising. Like when you look at it, how few of those players, like even like jump out at you as like, wow. Great player. Can't miss kind of guy. Like, how many of those guys jump out at you? Like, almost none of them besides, like, Andrew Luck, who's career going to cut short, and then...
1: Yeah, R.I.P.
0: Maybe Vic? Cam Newton, if you like Cam Newton? And then, like yeah, I said, maybe Miles Garrett.
1: Imp- I'm impartial to Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Cam Newton fan, but fine. Like, like he's, he's certainly, like, closer to the, wow, great guy than a lot of those other players. I right, take um. him... Over most of the quarterbacks, like at least in his prime, like I so just almost none of like it. You'd think that some of them would jump out, but a lot of them don't. And you know what the cra- You know what's another weird number I cooked up, Jordan? What? So I went through and I calculated over the last ten years, so from 2010 to the 2019 draft, how many Pro mm-hmm. Bowls and All Pros were earned by the player picked in each. Each draft position in the first round, right? So, like, how many Pro Bowls are made by players picked first overall? How many by players picked second overall, third overall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying how many players made the Pro Bowl or how many players made the All-Pro, but the cumulative amount. Mm-hmm. You know how many All-Pros, how many players picked number one overall in the last 10 years and made an All-Pro team? Three. Uh... There have only been three. Which, to me...
1: Wait, who are the three? What, Cam, well, uh, Newton, Cam Newton? Like Cam Newton made Luck.
0: one. Uh, Luck made one. I believe it was Luck. Luck made one, and Miles Garrett made one. But hmm. like that number seems crazy to me. When you think once again, when you, and I don't think anybody who's picked in the last 10 years made it either, besides maybe Vic. But like that number to me is just crazy when once again you think about how much like, how much hype goes into the number one overall pick. How much people, you know. Talk about it, how much it's clamored for, how much that person, just whoever separates themselves, just gets viewed upon as so much higher than even the other top picks a lot of the time, depending on the draft class. And it's like, it's why I always say, it's kind of part of the reason why I always say, Jordan, if you have the number one overall pick, unless there's a quarterback that you think is the next Peyton Manning, like, trade down every time. Every single time trade down. Never make that pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Because what you'll get in a trade down is worth so much more than, you know, almost every player I just listed. Like, almost every player, I, if not every player I just listed from the last 20 years. Like, it just, it's, like, it's striking. Like, I didn't even think it would be that bad when I was looking, when I was went to look at it. Like, it's kind of a bad list. <laughs> when I really look at it, like, it's not a great list of players. Like, there isn't one player on that list that you'd say is, like, even maybe the best at their position. Or ever was.
1: Uh, no.
0: Like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, it's crazy that one, and I guess it's, you know, uh, 250-something players get drafted. So, I guess, you go know, by that logic, the one out of 255, sure, that actually is way against it. But just with the amount of importance that gets given to it. So, that just, I don't know, that's something I want to talk about. Because that kind of struck me a little bit. And that just makes me look, and then you look at your and you're the like Bengals, and you look at that. It almost makes me say, don't, <laughs> like, let somebody else pick Joe Burrow, you know? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I want to say, like, if you think he's the guy, you pick him. But even then, like, how can you so adamantly believe that he's going to be the guy when you look at the failure rate, you know? Uh,
1: it's not necessarily, like, failure rate. Like, some, some... Are better than others. Oh like, sure, but it's just like obviously if, if, if you're if you're if you're getting a Jamarcus Russell, off the pool every time, then you know throw just, it away. But like even if you get like a Jameis, that's like no, know. not
0: a Jameis. God, you think Jameis was a good first overall pick?
1: I mean, he would be fine if the man knew how to like distinguish between defensive backs and his well, wide receivers.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't. Which,
1: I mean, his, yeah, he doesn't. His, his but team like...
0: didn't want him. Like you want you want you want. Ideally, a guy who picked number one overall, you want to want to re-sign. Like you want it to be a pretty easy decision to re-sign him. Like if the guy turned into like your whatever once again vague word, but franchise quarterback. Like yeah, you're usually gonna re-sign that guy pretty quickly. But like, yeah, but like, they didn't even win a playoff game with him. Like I did, If you're uh, picking a quarterback number one overall, Jordan, you want to be winning a playoff game with him. Like it's just like I don't know. I just look at that and then I'm like, oh.
1: Like I, I, give them the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, from thinking that they can fix that.
0: Oh sure, I mean I, I do too. But it's just like, I just like James went like, I'm not, like James Winston is much closer to Jamarcus Russell than he is to Andrew Luck. Oh, like what Andrew Luck was supposed to be, gone but not forgotten. forgotten but.
1: I that's that's a that's a that's a take, man. Yeah, I don't no know if really. I agree with that. I'm just saying that. like
0: Andrew Luck was like looked like he could be like like, like he was, you know a franchise-type quarterback. Like, he looked like he was going to be their guy, and then he just retired because his brain got destroyed. But, I don't know. Is this, that's, that was kind of a crazy, just kind of a crazy thing to look at how few number one overall picks actually really amounted to being something, like, special. Like, you just, like, you'd think they'd be with how much you're talked about. And then, the, the other thing I yielded from this research, Jordan,
1: Mhm.
0: For my little, little statistical analysis, is that I looked at it and obviously the Patriots picking 23rd overall. You know how many play, you know how many all-pro teams have been made by players picked 23rd overall in the last 10 years, Jordan? How many? Zero. And it's only that in 28 overall that have that distinction. And only one there's only only one Pro Bowl has been made Buy a player pick twenty-third overall in the last ten years, Jordan. Which I don't want to say should influence the Patriots' decision to stay in that spot, which I'm sure they won't. But that's that's ominous to me, Jordan. Because those are the lowest numbers for both those spots of all picks.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's I don't think you can No. That's 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 not any causation you can prove from that. No, I
0: can't. But I, I found it striking. But I found it striking nonetheless, so I I compiled the list of the last 10 players to go 23rd overall. Would you like to hear it? Sure. You have Brian Beluga, who is now with the Chargers, who legitimately has been a very good tackle for the Packers. So he's a good player. Danny Watkins, who did not play for a long time for the Eagles. Riley Reef, who's playing for the Vikings right now, and he's average. Sheriff Floyd, who had to quit, who just had to retire from football because of knee injuries. D. Ford, who's with the 49ers right now, obviously. They traded Mm -hmm. a second-round pick for him, I believe. Last offseason, Shane Ray, who's not in the league currently. Laquan Treadwell, who I really liked coming out of college and has done nothing. Evan Ingram with the Giants, who's decent, but it's turned a lot. Isaiah Wynn, who's on the Patriots up, obviously. And then Titus Howard. With the Texans, who I don't love and I don't think even started last year. But I don't remember one way or the other. But so I mean, obviously, like you're you're gonna get that the deeper you go into the draft, the lower the pick, you imagine the lower the success rate. But then like twenty fourth overall, there have been thirteen Pro Bowls. Like it's these these numbers are very random.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jake does. No, they are how statistics work.
0: But like the eighth pick is like is a pit. Like every other pick in the top ten has has double digits or near double digits in both Pro Bowls and Pro Bowls and all pros. Eighth overall, three Pro Bowls, four all pros. It's for some reason picking eighth just like it's cancer. So maybe I have the drafting secret, Jordan. See, maybe I'm actually right about this though. Maybe this is what the teams need to do. Maybe they need to follow my made up. Well, not my made up. My my statistically true. Maybe these are the like. Maybe these are the, the the advanced statistics teams need to follow.
1: I mean, I mean, no, because it, it it doesn't mean anything.
0: But I, you know, maybe okay. But like, then what if the Patriots pick a guy twenty third overall and he's not good? You think I'm gonna ever shut up about this?
1: I mean, no, but you have to balance that out against all the other NFL drafts because you, your yes. your sample size Last is 10. too small. To I don't think it's too uh, small. I think a decade.
0: I think a decade is a fine sample size for something like this. A decade of a league that's been exi- that's existed for fifty years, fifty-five years. I think that's that's almost one fifth of all drafts. And then you calculate how like how much do sports from like the seventies really count?
1: No, I'm making arbitrary distinctions.
0: I don't think it's that arbitrary. like even like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. You want me to say you know why it's not arbitrary? It it starts from the beginning of rookie scale contracts.
1: Okay. Uh.
0: So there you go. I don't know. I, th- I think ten is a good number. It's... Of the ten players picked twenty-third overall, none of them are All-Pro caliber.
1: Yeah, but you're t- you're taking like a subset of a subset of a general subset. Yeah, I think
0: you're over at. I think you're over exaggerating how small of a sample size it is.
1: You're, you're picking you're picking one particular set and one particular round of one particular set of drafts.
0: Well, no, I'm looking at every NFL draft. From the last ten years, twenty third. From the last
1: ten years, yeah, and not the entire pool of NFL drafts and other twenty third picks.
0: Well, yeah, but then I am getting into stuff from like the eighties. Like yeah. I can't look at every single one.
1: You you can. That's exactly. I, fi- I, I think ten is a. I think ten is the only pick. twenty third pick is not is not that particularly difficult to get. You know, fifty people.
0: Well, yeah, but I checked every pick in the first round and compared them against one another.
1: Yeah, then yeah. in that case, if you, if you use the entire first round, then yeah, you can. Well, that's use what 10 I did.
0: Years. I did I did every pick in the first round, Jordan. Like that's what I did, just over okay. the last ten years. Okay. And compared against the other ones, like the twenty third overall pick, um, the twenty sixth overall pick, no Pro Bowlers, one All Pro, and then was there another one? Nope. Those are the only ones with the numbers. That, oh, another nineteenth pick has one Pro Bowler and one All Pro, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, but still, you still can't make a oh, general no, assumption. De- I way. cannot, but no. I will. Okay, that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll go mean. into
0: the scouting department with that and just be like, "Hey, listen, like, don't do worry about the players; just worry about where you're picking. You got to get in one of the sweet spots, one of the magic numbers. It's like it's like playing roulette. <laughs> you just gotta take that approach to it instead. Instead of focusing on scouting, focus on draft position. I, you know, if there's a year to try that, this is a year to try that. I mean, able... no,
1: because what? What, what you're doing is actually, like, like number manipulation.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's been hard to do a lot of scouting this year. Like, it's going to be incomplete anyway. Like, just try a new approach. See if it works. Just <laughs> just see if it works. Now's the year. Like, you'd be losing out on the least.
1: I mean, unless there's a, just a whole last NFL season next year.
0: Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, you, you, you'd you be throwing out less scouting than you would normally at this point. Because you've just been able to do less scouting at this point.
1: I mean, yeah, but just the, like, college tape and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, but, like, you know, you haven't been able to visit, you haven't been able to do work. I'm just saying, like, less of the process has been able to happen this year than it will any other year. So, like, now would be the time to embrace this uh embrace this new draft philosophy.
1: That's Make- that's base arbitrarily out of a sample when you have the entire population available. For well, that's, okay. Three. So
0: if I did, so you're saying you'd embrace it if I did every NFL. Like that's your hang-up with drafting based on just the numerical positioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is
1: that I, my sample. I feel if you if you did if you did every single draft. Okay, for if like I did a, twenty
0: like, years, I would not do every single. See, I think if you see, I think if I'm inviting, no, because if I'm inviting. Numbers from the 70s, 80s, early 90s, when scouting was way less intensive, when there was way less that went into the draft to evaluating players. No, I feel like that's going to taint the numbers. Because now I'm invi- basically inviting in a whole different world into it. If I'm, lo- it I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the modern NFL with the modern infrastructure and the modern attention to detail. And that's what I'm drawing from, and I think that that you know, I think that if I invite in older stuff from like the '70s when scouts were only watching like bowl games and basing their picks entirely off of those, I think that is gonna gonna mess with my sample more. Or that's gonna mess with the results more.
1: Yes, but like that's 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 what the results are.
0: No. Like you,
1: you don't. You, like you don't fix the results to get the results you I'm want. I'm not
0: fixing you, the results. I'm drawing. You, what you, feels you, like a fair line to get it at what I think is a reasonable sample size. All right, fine. Let's look at who got drafted. Fine. Let's see who got drafted 23rd overall in 2009. I'll go to 11. Let's let let's see who it is. Let's find out, Jordan. It was Hakeem Nix.
1: Hey, see? So
0: Hakeem Nix wouldn't... No, he wouldn't throw off the numbers. No Pro Bowls. No All Pros. Doesn't have a ring. Nope. Hakeem Nix, though, doesn't, doesn't change the formula. Let's see, 2008. Let, I'll, give you, I'll, give you one, I'll give you one more sporting shot. Rashard <laughs> Menderbull. Mendenhall. Nope. He doesn't have a super. He doesn't have a ring, though. But nope. Four years with the Steelers, one with the Cardinals. 07. Dwayne Bow. Oh, my God. Remember Dwayne Bow?
1: I do remember Dwayne Bow.
0: Oh, remember Dwayne Bow? Dwayne Bow went 23rd overall. So that you know that 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 that's one more added to both. But still, like I I don't feel like my num my line was that arbitrary. Like I feel like people like like people like subsets of ten for numbers, Jordan. Like I'm sorry to tell you, like all like any number you do based off dates is kind of arbitrary. We just have certain numbers that we just give a higher importance for no reason. And it's just how things work. That's why people do top ten lists. That's why once again we arbitrarily sort history in the decades. Just because it's easy, that's what people do. Jordan, like I feel like my sample size was fine for this. I can draw conclusions from this. They're not reasonable conclusions, but they won't be even any more reasonable if I had all the data in front of me. Because once yeah, again, but a you, basic but draft. But but,
1: but but you do have all the data in front of you. You're speaking as if if it's a hypothetical. You have it there.
0: Right, but like I had to like I would have to like collect it, which is takes. Oh, this took me a while. Yes. Of me just you... sitting and just shifting through a computer and being like. Okay, so so that guy made one Pro Bowl and typing it into a spreadsheet. And that's all I did. But it took me like a couple hours.
1: Yeah. That's usually but, how it goes.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so also, point also, is I'm
1: pretty I'm pretty sure someone already made that data set somewhere in the world. Probably,
0: but I did it myself. But so my point is that the Patriots should probably trade out of 23rd overall, because it's a cursed scary number. And they probably are gonna trade out of it, Jordan. You can't deny that. They almost certainly are gonna trade out of it. And then I can say that it was because...
1: What? I will have like no relation to that. No,
0: I'm going to say it will. I'm disagreeing with you now. I'm I'm letting my take be known. When they trade out a 23rd overall, I will come on this show and say that I at least had to have played a part in that. All right. That they were thinking along the same lines.
1: All right, I'll I'll let you have it.
0: But Bill Belichick, he's always ahead of the curve. He's always trying to find a new way to do things. Always innovating. Maybe he's going to go for this approach too. Maybe I'll go apply for a job as a, in the front office for the Patriots. And I'll bring this up. as like, that's exactly what we did in 2020. You're perceptive. You're hired. Then, boom, I'm on the path to becoming GM.
1: Maybe.
0: I think it's possible. So, 23 is a cursed number is what I think here, Jordan. Okay. So, that's what I think the Patriots should maybe – as long as they – I'd rather they do that than draft Jordan Love. Then draft a quarterback that I don't like. So maybe we'll see a trade down. We'll have to find out. But I think that's about going to do it. Do it for us here today, Jordan. Do you have anything? <laughs> any final closing thoughts you want to give to the good people at home?
1: Uh, uh, stay inside, six feet apart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yes, good, very good, Jordan. Thank you, man of the people. So yes, you have been listening to the Stadium Experience podcast here from the pristine, socially isolated. Mechanical Marvel, Elmsley Home Studio. Listen to the show. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter, at Jake R. Elmsley. Mock Draft Spectacular coming later this week. Watch out for that. Or if you're listening over the weekend, go check that out too. That'll be somewhere. And I will see you all next time. Stay safe and stay indoors.